I'm jacked. Holy shit. I'm jacked! I'm jacked to the test! Good. Do you feel it? No. All right, kids, here we go. Next seminar up October 13th through the 15th with a few spots left, then December 8th through the 10th, and then February 9th through the 11th. For our coaching workshops going on, September 23rd in Katy, starting strength Katy in Texas, and October 21st on Long Island. These workshops are actually open to anyone. There's no prerequisite. For folks that are in the industry, either personal trainers or fitness professionals, you may be eligible for a discount. For folks that just want to learn to coach better for their family and friends, this is also open to you. You might find it helpful. There's also an opportunity to earn CEUs, as there are with any of our seminars and camps. So if you want to learn more about training with barbells, the starting strength method and principles, check that out. We also have some self-sufficient lifter camps on the list. September 16th in Wichita Falls, September 23rd in Omaha at Testify Strength and Conditioning, and November 4th back in Wichita Falls. Squat camp going on in Astoria, Queens. That's October 7th. Then a press and bench press camp going on September 23rd in Long Island. Also on Long Island, a deadlift and power clean camp going on December 2nd. And then we just added a squat and deadlift camp on November 12th in Baltimore at 5x3 Training. And finally, three lift camps with spots still available October 21st in Brussels, Belgium at Brussels Barbell, November 19th in Glasgow, Scotland, and December 9th in London, England. Folks, Starting Strength Gyms are offering free 30-minute sessions. These are informational sessions for you to come in, check out the gym, learn what the program is about, maybe learn one of the lifts. To find a location near you, head over to locations.startingstrengthgyms.com and sign up for one of those to find out if it might, if it might not be a right fit. Also, if you live in the Cincinnati area, Luke has promised that if you do sign up for one of these 30-minute sessions as a gym, that he will definitely wear his Daisy Duke shorts. So check that out. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. Ha ha ha! It's time again for the most important podcast on the internet. And it's time again for us to educate you. It's time for you to learn from us. And it's time for you, apparently, to grow a set of balls because they're doing it again, aren't they? Yep. They're scaring everybody. They're, they're, scaring trying, everybody. they're trying. They're trying to. They're trying to. So that's why you got to grow some balls. All right, here's the situation. Boys and girls, if you go in a grocery store and somebody's wearing a mask in a grocery store, it is your duty as a human being to point at them and laugh out loud. <laughs> That's what you do. That's your job. It's your job. You don't do that, you're a pussy. All right? Because you, you know what they're going to do? Let me tell you exactly what they're going to do. They're not going to slap your hand. They're not going to say anything to you harsh. They're going to look at the floor and get this sad look on their face that you won't be able to see because of the mask <laughs> and walk away. That's exactly what they'll do. Because a significant portion of the population of the world, especially the population of the United States, are a bunch of fucking cowards. Right? They're a bunch of fucking cowards. They're pussies. 
That is what's wrong with society today. Is that it is comprised almost, well, a large majority of it is a bunch of fucking pussies. All right. I saw uh, clips on um, on the internets in uh, in Canada that there are people protesting for lockdowns again. They want lockdowns. They want lockdowns. Why don't they just go home and lock themselves down instead of risking? God, think how ballsy they are. They want lockdowns, mm-hmm. but they're willing to risk leaving their house to make you have to stay in my house. Stay at your house. <laughs> <laughs> now that takes balls because it's not about them locking. Well, no, 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 no. You. No, it's, it's about, about what you do. You do. Yeah, it, it's, it's about controlling you. They, just, they they have no power in their normal lives, so they have to have power over. Well, of course you. not. They're Canadian. Did you see the uh, <laughs> Did you see the tribal police kicking the shit? Oh out yeah, those that was at, great. Uh, on the way to Burning Man, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. That, was, that great. was pretty good. This, that whole, Burning Man, a whole goddamn bunch of yuppies. That is her having the shit kicked out of them by the cops. And being protested against by another bunch of yuppies. It was fantastic. It's yuppie war. It's hilarious. It, it right? was, you've got you've got like five miles of of backed up traffic, burning burners, <laughs> burners of burners. You know, just cooking fossil fuels in their car while yeah. while these assholes are up here all tripping the road. the road, and all of them are on acid at the po- at that moment. So yeah, they're just the like, whole all of them. Everybody's just high as shit. Everybody in the car is dropped acid, and that's the only way this makes any sense. I assume they're I assume they're tribal police because I don't think normal cops could get away. No, with no, this. they were. But they it were, was great yeah. because the guys like you have thirty seconds. And then they just ran. And then they him. run. They run over the roadblock. And then the guy turns around. And then one of them starts. And, and it just in the in the vegan voice. Oh yeah, we're, we're non-violent. non-violent. <laughs> we're climate <laughs> protesters. Like, we have no weapons. Oh shit! No, I didn't see that. Oh man, it's so good. I didn't good. see that. I, what I tell you, what I did see. I oh, saw hey, something today. And on, there was one woman on the side yeah. who was sitting there. And she see, so she was she was being tough, wasn't moving or anything. The cops got the taser gun out. He's, no, it was a gun. He's got a gun out. He's getting everybody everybody sprawled out. He's gonna kill and, her. And, and then, no, but this woman sitting on the side of the road, and she's obviously part of the protest. And then she sees the cops start handcuffing people and like gets putting up. putting his putting his knee into the middle of their backs. She just gets up and walks, walks the away. other direction. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Not that there you have it. Courage on display. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was fantastic. Man. <laughs> Oh, good. Bear. He so, should have shot her it's for so, running away. It's he tried so to funny. evade arrest. It's so funny that yeah. they, they immediately play the victim when someone pushes back. They do yeah. everything they can to get a, a result, a, a reaction. And then when they get the reaction, oh, no, oh, no we're no, the no, victims no. here. Yeah, right. Standard fucking leftist protester bullshit deal. <laughs> uh, so I saw this today also. This is... This is uh, this is indicative of the most of uh, the fucked up situation we're in right now. You've got the YMCA's in the state of Ohio. Did you see this? No. YMCA's in the state of Ohio are allowing transgender women, men, men, which means men, mm-hmm. right, are allowing men into the women's locker room. Oh God! If the man identifies as a woman. So a man, cock and balls man, just says the magic words, I am a woman. Yep. And the officials at the YMCA's 
There's apparently in several places in Ohio. They've brought this up in multiple states multiple times. Really? It's the same issue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, this is just – it goes right back to the same thing we just said. This is because of due to a lack of balls. So, they, so the YMCA allowed it allows allowed, it to happen? It's the policy of the YMCA to allow men who say, I am a woman. Yeah. To go into the women's locker room and look at the women. See if you're if you see because here's the whole goddamn deal. Women don't matter. Yeah. Of course, yeah. No. See, this is what it boils down to. Women don't matter. Right. Yeah. Right. The only thing that matters is men. Now, what do we call that? <laughs> That's called sexism. <laughs> unless, isn't it? Unless, it's called sexism. Unless. So it's either sexism or transphobia. Or transphobia, yeah. one of the two. Right. Yeah. And transphobia is far worse. Where, than yeah, sexism. it's far worse than sexism. Far, far worse, than worse sexism. than sexism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transphobia is not an ism. Right. It's a disease. Yeah. Transphobia, the it's disease, an epidemic. transphobia. It's an epidemic. Uh, sexism is just an ism. Right. Well, you know, it, it, if. Like climate denialism. <laughs> It's just an ism, but transphobia. Knowing that, if you God. if if you're involved with one of these YMCA's, you're a member, and you continue to be a member. I mean, you're you that, know that's you're, how you, that's, then you just joined. Yeah, that's how you the fix ranks it. of the pussy. That's mm-hmm. how you fix it. You stop being a member of the YMCA. Right. Stop giving them your fucking money. Don't send your children okay? there. Don't send your children. God Almighty, what will you have when you come when they come home? Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Send your children up there for swimming lessons? Yeah. You you can't... I mean, if the YMCA... I mean, they've always been a bunch of weirdos, but the goddamn YMCAs <laughs> are, are... Because they haven't got the balls to say, no, you can't go in the girls' locker room. Right. No. And if you try to go in the girls' locker room, we're going to drag you out of the girls' locker room and throw you out the front door onto the sidewalk and hopefully break some shit. All right? That's what they ought to say. But no, 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 they haven't got the balls to say that. Has the YMCA distanced themselves from the... Because the girls don't matter. That's why. Yeah. The women don't matter, see? The women don't matter as much as the boys do. The men matter, and the women don't matter. The cock and balls man matters more than all of the women members in the YMCA. I wonder how long it would take... Well, uh, in in this instance only. Yeah. When, oh. it's, when it has when it when it involves a trans when it, whatever when it's trans because right. trans now it supersedes everything tr- trans are gods mm-hmm. they're like gods I wonder how long it will take for a, 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 a sexual assault to happen if they well, just let happened. this go it's already happened it's, already it's happened. happening in high schools it's already happened but you know what it's happened in high schools and then the high schools the problem, keep it quiet the what the problem with women is that they're not aggressive enough to report this they're not aggressive enough to protect their own sports nope. They're, they're, not not. Pr- they're not aggressive enough to say, no, I'm not going in that locker room. Right. Or come get this guy out of the what, locker what, room. What happened to feminism? You know, that's a real good question, isn't it? That's a real good question. 30 years ago. 30 years ago, they would not have stand for this. This wouldn't have been tolerated. No, no. You guys are fucking This bullshit fired up, would man. not have been tolerated 30 <laughs> years even, ago. Even Rusty's I, Yeah, I'm getting fired up. I mean, God damn it. This is, you know, what, what do you... What do you look? Is Gloria Steinem just is she dead? Is the ghost of Gloria Steinem still 
haunting the halls of academia or anything else. Where is Gloria when you need her? She wouldn't have put up with this bullshit. You know? But you girls are putting up with it. And every time you put up with this, when you allow the guy to lift in your weight class, when you allow the guy to go in the dressing room, when you allow that to happen without sitting there and saying a word about it, when the guy gets up on the podium and takes first place and you go like that, you every time this occurs, that's another nail in your coffin. When a guy wins a beauty contest. When a guy wins a beauty contest and you, and you go... You're gonna have to look. I'm sorry, you people. When a, women, you need some testosterone. When a 250 pound that's your problem. Is you're not men. <laughs> when a 250 pound man <laughs> wins a beauty contest in what Argentina or something? <laughs> oh, I just you know nobody. It's everybody bizarre. lacks the balls to say no. Yeah, you know they shouldn't. God damn. Do I have to actually explain to you people that he shouldn't have been allowed into the contest? <laughs> Do I really need to explain that to you? Because if you allow him in the contest, he has to win. Mm-hmm. Because if he doesn't win, you're transphobic. And you can't be transphobic. Right? That would be worse than... What was the deal with it, the... Is transphobia worse than racism? Yes. What now. was the deal is with it the, really? right now? It is. Yeah. What was the deal with the swimmer, the 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 girl and Leah, whatever the fuck, Leah Thomas. They they, they tied right, and then they only gave the award. Yeah. They only gave the medal to Leah. Yeah. And they is and that they, the and story. They, and they that? told and they told uh, they told uh, the what's what was the other girl's name the. The, oh, Riley Gaines. Or yeah, right. They told they pulled her aside and said, "Hey, we're going to give this to Leah," and she protested against it, and they said, "Well, that's just what we're going to do." She's going to get the medal. He's going to get. He's going to get the medal. Yeah. Man, you know. Yeah, I mean, this shit isn't made up. Ceases to make any sense whatsoever. And then, and then Riley gets assaulted. in a college. Oh, I know. In front of cameras, and not one person got arrested over that. Not one person got arrested. Yeah, I know. It's uh, physically assaulted. This is uh, what this is, really. What this really is, is the absolute ascendancy of men over women. That's what this is. That's all it can be. It all started. It doesn't when, uh, happen the other direction now, does it? It all started when Bruce Jenner became Woman of the. <laughs> you remember that shit? <laughs> yeah. That was like ten years ago. Bruce. Bruce. Woman Bruce. Of Caitlin. The, yeah. Caitlin. 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 Caitlin was Woman of the Year or some shit on, on People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Oh, it's just I. This is such uh, a hey. At least. Society. At least. <laughs> At least he had the balls to cut his balls off. (laughs) At least he committed. (laughs) Yeah, that's commitment. That that, that is some fucking commitment. Uh, It would be more commitment if you would do it without anesthesia. (laughs) Now, that would signify that's quite a deal if you do that, right? But if you let them put you under, well, I guess that's something. I mean, you wake up without your fucking balls, you know. But, uh, but no, really, the grander scheme of things... Women don't matter now. Women don't matter. Do they? No. Women don't matter. Women, men make better women than women do. Right? Yeah. 
No, it's, I mean, that's, you know, okay. It, hey, that's the way you guys want to do this. That's fine. It's time for disclosure on Michelle, on Big Mike. I mean, it's, it's her time. It's her time, man. Big Mike. Let's, let's hear the truth. A lot of people want to know. Let's hear the truth. That would go a long way uh, toward listen, completing hey, listen, this process, we, wouldn't we, it? We already know. <laughs> we already know. Well, we, we have a pretty good idea. <laughs> have you seen her hands? Yes, I, She's got big old workman hands, doesn't she? The well-developed back workman muscles. Workman-like. She's a she's a broad woman. Big old girl. She sure is. Oh god. Oh man, this is a spicy episode. Yeah, you can't put this on YouTube. So. If you put this on YouTube, they'll burn this building. You, you know what I should do? I should make a clip and just bleep out every single word we say. Wouldn't that be funny? He'll do that. That'd be good. Just put that on YouTube. See how long that stays up. Hey, look, we didn't say anything. Didn't I didn't mean, say anything bad. We didn't say just all there is is, is uh, prepositions and shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> a verb I'm going to go ahead and do it for one. Yeah, I'm just going to do it for one. for the hell of it. Let's see what happens. Okay. Well, anyway. Man, we're only 15 minutes into this. Yeah. Well, and we hadn't even read the comments, comments. From, from the haters. It's a great segue. Yeah. That was real good. Right now. Right. <laughs> this is a particularly good group of haters' comments. Now, you're telling me Bree pick, picks these out, right? She picked those out, yeah. Bree picks these out, and you know what? There's a reason why she picks these out, the way she picks them out. She hates you. She hates me. Yeah. <laughs> She's one of them. The ones that make her feel the best. Yes. The ones that she, she puts on the paper. Exactly right. That's exactly right. If you had her pick out comments from the lovers, she couldn't do it. be a blank piece of paper. She couldn't do it. She's not capable of it. It would be her resignation. Yeah. <laughs> Because she does, in fact, hate me. All right, Rip, pushing his luck, being at that body weight at his age. This is Edgar Friendly, 5321. Rip, pushing his luck, being at that body weight at his age. You might be right. I don't know. I can't imagine the process of me losing 30 pounds, though. Man, you would I, look I really weird. To. You'd look really weird. I would look weird, but I just, I just don't want to. <laughs> you know, I, I'm lazy, and I don't want to go through the process of stopping doing a bunch of things I like to do, right? Like eat and drink. Yeah, I like to eat and drink. I'm 67. I don't. I can't. You know, I'm crippled. I can't really do the shit I like to do anymore. Anyway, you know. What would that be? Two, Can't even jog. Would that be 215? Two, yeah, it'd be 215, probably. Lord, man. When's well, the last no, time? I'd, it'd be probably 205. I think I'm probably 235. When's the last time you weighed that? Oh. 205, 210. It was probably when I was lifting at 198, so that'd be uh, back in the early 80s. You know, 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> real weird <laughs> probably looks sickly speaking of 215 I, yeah it would be it would be you know because you know i've grown into this much skin and i lose <laughs> i lose 30 pounds and i got all the extra skin and i 
end up looking like uh, <laughs> like Joe Biden, you know. <laughs> Even if you wanted to smile. <laughs> Speaking of two fifteen, how about uh, how about old Trump being six two and two fifteen? It's impressive. He's not two fifteen. Oh, that's what that's what his uh, record says in his uh, police photo. <laughs> Well, he, he talked them into not putting him on the scale. <laughs> he's not fucking two fifteen. I know, but that's not the point. The point is the record shows he the is six two. The record shows he's six two two fifteen. I don't believe that. That's awesome. I don't believe that for ten someone, milliseconds. Someone was showing pictures of Trump and then pictures of men who are six two and two fifteen. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that's not what's going on. Here. You know that would have been fun to be in that meeting of discussing. What the mugshot's going to look like? How we're going to do this? <laughs> yeah. What what should we do? That, what should we do with this mugshot? Personally, I love it. Personally, I love that it. It was smart. It was great. It was like, just like well, just like anything PR related that he does is very smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the, I mean, goddamn. Because mother people is, fucking love that picture. Oh yeah, what people an are putting it on their goddamn, goddamn Facebook both profile. The he had to have been in on it. Both oh the, for sure. Oh yeah, he had to have no, been in no on question. it. I need a There's I no need question. a fundraising. Oh yeah, piece of. Promotion here. Fuck, he probably was in on the goddamn indictment. <laughs> he might have been. Yeah. What, what? I mean, what could work better? Yeah, they just know? they just guaranteed he's going to get elected. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to vote for him, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to vote him. for him. <clears throat> I'm going to vote for him because what what the hell else? You know, they're trying to remove him from the ballot. I, I have. That's the whole point oh, of yeah. this whole deal <clears throat> is trying to get him off the ballot, and if the Democrat Party gets to decide. Mm-hmm. Who the Republican candidate is? Well, this is you know, it's a banana republic. This is point. over with. Yep. You know the whole damn it's thing's been over, over with for eight years. Guys. <laughs> <So>. it has. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, where was I here? Oh, here's some guy that says Dan Ski six six nine four. Why do you guys hate the alternate grip so much? <laughs> what? We don't. <laughs> and and Western. What's Rev the video? Responds. They deadlift in squat shoes, don't ask. <laughs> now, here's a deep understanding nice. of everything good. we do. Right? That's good. He probably he probably deadlifts barefoot. Of course. It's functional. It's functional. Here, A-Triple-C, our friend A-Triple-C says, I like how the coaches don't even look like they lift. Thanks, I'll stick to literally anything else. Classic. Good. Classic. That is classic. <clears throat> Flip-flops, hard nipples, and a gut dropping five inches over the belt. The Ripito look. <laughs> and Carhartts. Yeah. Carhartts are definitely a problem, aren't they? <laughs> well, I'm, you, know, you know why I started wearing these things? Blue jeans just ripped out of the crotch. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to quit buying blue jeans. I used to wear blue jeans all oh, the time. Oh, yeah, I, I blow out jeans in a year just, and a half. I mean, the material's not worth a shit anymore, you know, so I, I just had to go pants. to Canvas <laughs> Carhartt. You are not wearing pra- pants right now. Hadn't I, had that happen one time. Which <laughs> I can remember the number of times I wore pants last year. Four times. Yeah. Let one the record show he's wearing shorts. Them, <laughs> all right, here's one that says, How to look chubby and pink, the tutorial. This is on the rack pull basics. God, I see, I see Bree looking this up and going, <laughs> yeah, I see smiling for once. <laughs> the, the hardest she can smile, just so. All right, here's this is a real good one. Uh, this is the cause, uh, cause I know with Edward Dowd. This is a real recent one. 
This is from uh, a guy whose username is I'm sick of all y'all seeing my name. What? No that's shit. the username. Wow. That's username. Oh, that's the username. Okay. okay. Mark, your brain is worse <laughs> than mush. You suck. <laughs> it's quality. <laughs> well, what did that have to do with me talking to Ed Doubt? I didn't. I didn't post any actual clips from that episode on YouTube. So this guy downloaded it. Or no. Went to well, it, well, I did, I po- or, um, posted the commercial. That's right. it. I couldn't well, post a clip. Uh, YouTube would strike that I, shit real I, fast. This, that was free though, on our network. Right. Yeah, but that's a YouTube comment. He didn't. He didn't watch it. No, he didn't watch it. He didn't watch it. All right. Here's some guy that watched watched the forces on the knee. That one's getting a lot of a uh, real mad vitriol. Really mad. If you're new to training, please don't squat like this. Yes. Now there is a refutation. Yep. Hateful today. Man. So anyway, that concludes this week's installment of comments, comments. from. from. The haters. Okay. All right. So, you got anything else we want to talk about before we get into the meat, as it were, of this episode of Starting Strength Radio? I think you could, we could remind everybody if you haven't, and you kind of mentioned this, but if you haven't watched the episode with Ed Dowd, go watch it. Yeah, it's free on the <clears> network. <throat> This time it's free. It Dowd spent much time with me, and this was a pretty good episode. You know, it's very good. I thought he's an important guy, and he agreed to. And every, everything to that was for, talked about were facts, were actual yeah, it's just numbers. numbers. It's just numbers. I'm sorry if y'all don't like the numbers; it's fine. But and, you know, more likely you can't understand them because we are an innumerate society. We are innumerate. Anybody who's wearing a mask to try to prevent a viral disease is innumerate. You don't understand. This has been dealt with over and over again. It's been beaten completely to death by tests and papers all, I mean, for 50, 60 years. You know, the reason doctors wear masks in surgery is so they don't spit in the wound they have created in the man's knee. All right. That's why they wear masks. And masks do not prevent the transmission of viral disease. They don't. They don't. They never have. They never will. They can't. But if you want to wear one, then go ahead because when you wear a mask, what you're saying is, I don't like Donald Trump. That's the only reason to wear a mask, is to make a political statement. I do as I am told. And Donald Trump does not. And I don't like Donald Trump. I don't approve of Donald Trump. So watch me wear this mask, even though it makes no sense for the ostensible reason that I am wearing it. Just, it, it's just... It's a statement. That's all it is. That's fine. You want to state? Go ahead. But I'm going to laugh at you. I am going to laugh at you. 
All right, now, all of that shit aside, this week I want to want to discuss something uh, that is internal to our profession of strength coaches. All right, so I've got an article on the website right now about when to use the rack pull. All right. Now, those of you that just tune in for comments from the haters, go ahead and turn it off because you're not going to understand any of the things I'm about to talk about. And that's fine. And comments from the haters are good. But if you're here for the training and the strength and all this other shit we do, uh, the following is going to be a very important thing for you to understand. All right. Uh, if you are training clients, and your clients are having a problem with their lower back position in a pull off of the floor, in a deadlift off the floor, or a, a hell, I've seen Olympic lifters pull off the floor incorrectly while their quasi-intellectual fucking coaches just stand there and let it happen. All right? The pull off the floor has to happen in lumbar extension. Your low back has to be flat, quote-unquote, flat. And the bar comes off the floor, and it's a force transmission problem. All right. Uh, you, do you tow a car with a spring or a chain? Now, think about that. A spring keeps stretching, doesn't it? But a chain reaches the end of its extended length and stays there. And then all of the pull goes down the chain to the thing you're towing. All of it. Whereas, if you tow the car with a spring, a whole bunch of the pull gets converted into deforming the spring instead of pulling the towed thing. And now, that should be obvious. All right? So, when we pull the bar off the floor, uh, we pull the bar off the floor with a flat, low back, a back that's held in extension. Let's see. You're you're coaching somebody and uh, they're having trouble with that lumbar position. They're setting their low back and then letting it, they're setting it flat and then letting it go into a flexion, rounding, as it comes off the floor. And you stand there and let them do it. And you don't correct it. And you don't correct it. And you don't correct it. And then you finally say, eh, let's try rack pulls. And then you put the bar up in a higher position inside the rack, and everybody can keep their low back in, in extension in a, in a high partial. Right? Now, you as the coach, why do you do that? Because you don't know how to fix it. That's why you did that. You've heard the explanation for why the bar must come off of the floor with a flat low back. You've heard that. I think it's a lucid explanation about force, force transfer efficiency. And I don't think there's any argument with that. No one has ever presented an argument to me why it's better to pull the bar off the floor with a lumbar flexion. I've never heard a reason for that. Now, thoracic flexion is a different thing, but a lumbar flexion off the floor, there's no case to be made for that. But if you allowed your client or your 
lifter that you're coaching or whoever it is that you're attempting to show what to do to pull incorrectly pull incorrectly pull incorrectly and say to yourself finally now this 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 looks bad so and you switch them to a power rack rack pull a partial a high partial you the coach are not doing your job now there may be several reasons why you refuse to do your job the first one that comes to my mind is that you don't know how to cue a correct low back position you don't know how and what that means is is for you the coach it's easier for you to let the client that's paying you the money to do it wrong than it is for you to back up fix the problem off the floor at a lighter weight and then work back up to where all of the muscle mass that holds the low back flat gets strengthened in a position in which it is to be used off the floor. But you don't know how. That's the, that's the most important reason that comes to my mind as to why you don't do this. Uh, it's, it's not, uh, you're not doing your client any favors by refusing to do your job, which is exactly what's going on. You're, you're dumping your responsibility to your client while at the same time making it look like you're actually accomplishing something by having them pull with an extended lumbar spine from a higher position in the rack. That's number one. All right. Number two, best I can see this, is you are one of these aforementioned pussies that we talked about earlier in the show, and you don't want to have a confrontation with your client. Because you need the money, and you think that if you get horsey with your client, that he's going to fire you. And, you know, if that's the case, the client fires you for firmly insisting on correct technique, then you didn't need him as a client anyway. And now you got room for a client who will, you know, accept your coaching. But you don't want to be confrontational because you're a pussy you don't like confrontation you don't like stress you don't like uh heads butting anxiety and you perceive that head butting is what's going to happen if you tell your client now we got to take 40 pounds off of this and back up and do this thing correctly if if that is your problem then you know you're a coward all right cowardice is not the role of a strength coach you're going to run into situations where you have to enforce correct technique and that usually involves saying no wait stop put the bar down which you know offends the client of course it offends the athlete that he's not doing it correctly well it doesn't matter whether it offends him or not if he's doing it wrong what is your job as the coach is to correct the problem you have to learn how to correct the problem now there are ways and we've discussed them hundreds of times about how to set the low back in extension and hold it there 
There's article after article, video after video on this website that will tell you exactly how to do that, why it's important, explains the anatomy of it, the whole thing. The whole thing has been elaborated upon in depth, and you have not availed yourself of that information. This is not our fault. This is your fault. And you're, you're doing this incorrectly. Now, you, you've got to come to grips with the fact that there is an absolute way that these lists have to be done. There's a way to do them efficiently and correctly, and that is discoverable. This is not like modern art or modern poetry where there aren't any rules, all right? There are rules about these lifts, and those rules are imposed upon us by first causes, by physics. The interaction of the barbell with gravity and with the force being applied by you that pulls it off the floor, all right? Those rules are determined by musculoskeletal anatomy this is discoverable and we have discovered it for you you don't have to generate all this information on your own it's it's we've we've thought about this real real hard for about 50 years and we've got the combined experience of thousands of years of coaching that have all been input into this method we're right about this we're right about this. Nothing we have told you about any of these lifts is demonstrably wrong. And the reason you know that is because I change my mind when I am refuted correctly. And I've done it several times. We've updated. If you look at the first edition of Starting Strength, it bears no resemblance whatsoever to the the revision that is in print now of the third edition. Because when we learn things, we incorporate them. We change when we are forced to reevaluate our previous position. And that's the reason that the, the blue book is in its fourth revision and third edition. Okay? So we know what we're talking about. We've made a profession out of knowing what we're talking about. And your response to that, well, this other thing works for me, that's not a response. You know it's not a response. You know, if whatever you're doing wrong works for you, what we're telling you to do right works better. Okay? Now, pulling the bar off the floor with a flat back is the right way to pull the bar off the floor. This is a real specific position you've got to get in. And we've provided you with all of the tools you need to coach that position and then to cue it after it's been taught we know how to do this and we have showed you how to do this and if you are agreeing to let your athlete or client do it wrong and if you have agreed to to do what you believe is mitigation of this incorrect position by moving the athlete into the rack pull instead of correcting the floor pull then you're not doing your job you're not doing your job now those of you who are coaching clients those of you who are athletes that are watching this right now for some bizarre reason 
if you are being handled by a an inefficient, sloppy, lazy coach like this, you might want to say something to him about it. But I thought I would do this. I'd just say, no, nah, I'm going somewhere else. I'm going somewhere else. You know, I've got a, got a friend that, that uh, is a pretty good uh, master's lifter, female master's lifter, and she was employing a coach like this, you know, who had taken her to a meet. And I not once said anything to her about her eye gaze direction in the deadlift but who was getting paid as a coach anyway. Well, this is critical. Eye gaze direction generally determines cervical spine position, which is part of the kinetic chain of a deadlift. If you're looking up or forward or you don't know where in the hell you're looking, you hadn't been been made aware of the fact that this ought to be paid attention to by your coach that you're paying. Well, you're paying a coach that doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Unless you made an adjustment on this which is what should have happened a long, long time ago. You uh, Look, this is uh, ultimately this falls to the client. If I'm writing a check to this coach every month and I become aware of the fact that the coach is not doing her job, you know, Instead of me learning how to set my back in an extended lumbar position and pull off the floor while holding this extended lumbar position, if instead of that, she just has me doing rack pulls from just below the knee because it's easy right there to keep the back flat, then coach isn't doing her job. She needs to be fired don't pay people to not do their jobs yeah let me add a couple things because nobody yeah. nobody who you're talking to directly is still listening <laughs> yeah that's probably true that's probably true um, coaches i'm talking to said, eh, this is really making me squirm so i better get out of here uh right. I, I just, the co- those coaches aren't even listening to the podcast ever so no well <laughs> well some of them do there's a couple of things so uh i just had this conversation with somebody this morning you, there there are sometimes valid reasons to use a crutch or use a use a tool like the, the and not that the tubo is is the tubo is great but the, the tubo would be an example of that all right putting putting the uh the bar up higher in the rack because you haven't learned what it feels like to set your low back maybe maybe valid uh but the point is you you have to get off of those as quickly as possible ideally right within the same session now i I was going to get into this believe it or not there are reasons to use a rack pull with client yep just like there are reasons to use a tubo with a client but there are no reasons to keep using Mm, right right in other words let's back up into starting strength methodology hold on though hold on let me let me just get this out real quick because we're going to talk more about the about that i think teaching versus yeah yeah yeah, so let me, right. let me just finish the point here real quick. So, right. uh, you you as a lifter, if you're you're in your garage by yourself, you're trying to figure this shit out. You're using a tubo. Uh, get get off of these things as quickly as possible and actually learn what the tool is trying to teach you. Ideally, within one session, or if not, with over the course of a couple sessions. But it doesn't become a permanent crutch. Um, now, on top of that, you have 
you have a uh, you have an entire industry that you, Mr. Ripito, have created of people who, uh, because we're so particular about things, uh, who have just taken the opposite approach and said it doesn't really matter what you do. You know, this is a popular thing to do right now because we give a shit about how things are done, right. and we give a shit about doing what we say we do, which is to get people stronger. So right. I mean, there's a school of thought from years and years ago that says the human body will squat in the way that's natural sure. to the human body without any coaching. Sure. And that's just bullshit. Well, well, it, it may be true, but it's not efficient. It's, but it's not true. It's not efficient. It's not either efficient or true. If you put a bar on the your The body back, will waltz the way it waltzes without any instruction, right? Right, right. Well, th- no. If you put won't. a heavy enough bar on your back, you're going to hip drive. And you, you eventually figure some shit out, right? Eventually. And maybe you get good at it. But look, you've wasted a whole bunch of time. Uh, you've fucked up your knees in the process. Right. And you have left hundreds of pounds off the bar, potentially. If yes. you would have learned it the right way, yeah, the you have. It's it's absolutely true that everybody will hip drive if the weight's heavy right. enough. But what we're giving you with our hip drive cue is a tool to make all of the sub maximal efforts hip drive That's right. too. That's right, because you have to learn the movement you pattern. You have eventually, to learn the movement pattern, especially if you're not naturally inclined to do this stuff well, which most people are not. Right. Most people are not right. So, um, so just last thing here. There are because it's it's, it's going to be easy to dismiss everything that you're saying that we're saying because ultimately, why the fuck does it matter? I can pull a hundred more pounds off of the pins. There is, there is, there is definite value on pulling as heavy as you can off the floor for as long as possible. And if you don't believe that, you haven't been doing this long enough. Right. You have to pull off the floor because the because the strength that you acquire, the systemic stress that you acquire from pulling off the floor is is unmatched by any other lift. Right. And if the, you're it, doubling it, the range of motion when you pull it off the floor and the stress is much much higher even if the weight is 100 pounds less. Exactly. And, and 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 again, if we're staying true to what it is that we're doing, which is getting strong as, as efficiently as possible, um, as quickly as possible, then this is the way things are going to need to be done, right. right? And anything that deviates from that is not what we do. And now you're going to have to make changes due to due to the accumulated stress and, and uh, other reasons. But well, those accumulated changes, adaptation caused by the stress. Sure, but, right. th- but those changes are done because you have to, not because you want to. Like we talked about this before, programming changes are done reluctantly because you have to, not because you want right. to. We right. want to pull off the floor because it makes you stronger, quicker. It improves. Out of all the lifts, you know, the, the, the full range of motion deadlift for sets of five has the greatest impact on everything across the board, undeniably. Right. Undeniably, right? So right. Uh, so the, the quicker you get off of that by switching to rack pulls or switching your rep scheme, the quicker you're fucking up your program. Right. The quicker you're denying yourself the advantage of stress to which to adapt. Exactly right. Yep. And that's the whole point of this whole thing, is adaptation to stress so that you become stronger. Now, if you can bail out early and go to rack pulls if you want to. But you're fucking up. You're fucking up. Rack pulls are easier to perform than full range of motion deadlifts. Because they're because of the shorter range of motion, there are fewer technical errors that can be made in a rack pull. 
We do not use the rack pull because they're easier. We use the rack pull because you can lift heavier weights with a rack pull than you can the deadlift. This is what is called an overload exercise. It's a portion of the parent movement, the deadlift, that can that that has been modified so that heavier weights than the parent movement allows can be handled, thus strengthening that part of the kinetic chain for heavier weight in the full range of motion. Okay, that's why we use heavy overloads. Now, there's another heavy overload movement that is largely neglected by all of us these days called the barbell shrug. All right, now, whereas the deadlift, I'm sorry, whereas the rack pull starts below the knee, the barbell shrug starts above the knee, low on the thigh, and it is shrugged up off the pins, the same kind of a movement that you would use to rack a power clean, but it's heavy and you can't rack it. It's very, very heavy. Uh, I mean, people use, uh, oh, you know, a good rule of thumb is if you can rack pull from below the knee a set of five, that ought to be what you can deadlift. All right. When I did, I think I did in preparation for a 633 deadlift, I was as heavy as six and a quarter for a set of five rack pulls one time, long time ago. But you can barbell shrug 100 pounds more to your deadlift because the range of motion is very short. Now, this is a big load for your traps. But if you could keep your upper back flat with 100 pounds more than your deadlift, and you gradually worked up to that load into barbell shrug, this, is, this benefits the full pull off the floor. And they're not very hard to recover from because you hadn't moved the load that far. It's not as much stress, even though it's much, much heavier. Okay, so this is why we use the rack. This is why we use the rack for rack squats and rack presses and rack bench presses because they remove part of the range of motion, allow heavier weights to be handled, and the heavier weights contribute to the full movement, but they don't replace the hard part of the range of motion. They don't replace it. That's not why we use them there. Okay, competitive lifters use rack pulls because you can pull more weight than you can deadlift, and that feeds back into the deadlift, but you have to pull off the floor while you're doing this. Okay? Now, a client who can't keep his back flat at 185 pounds off the floor. And you move him to the rack pull, can correctly rack pull 225. What have you accomplished as this guy's coach? What have you accomplished? Well, you you made yourself look better. That's but really what you've accomplished, because now the guy says, well, I'm doing heavier weight like this. But it's yeah, not actually but you, heavier. But <laughs> it's actually significantly lighter, right? It's significantly lighter right. because you're only moving, you're moving through less than, well, you're moving through like, what, 55% of the range of motion as opposed to the whole damn thing. 
And when you pull the bar off the floor with a round low back, when you get into that part of the range of motion where the rack pull starts, you're in the wrong position because you're not in lumbar extension. You're not in lumbar extension. The problem here that has to be solved is not what makes the coach look good by making the client feel more valuable because he's lifting more weight in half the range of motion. The problem here that has to be solved is you, as the coach, have got to learn how to do your job. And your job is to be able to correctly coach the whole range of motion of the deadlift. That includes the parts of it that constitute the rack pull, but it also, and more importantly, includes the hard part, which is keeping your client's lumbar spine in extension off the floor. Or even or even setting it from the from the start. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, people are using the rack because the lifter can't set the back from the beginning, which is the for right. a lot of people is the hardest. Well, thing that's to the do. whole. That's the whole point. You because the, the coach has not showed him what to do exactly. correctly, or they don't know how to fix it. Like they just don't. They have don't the experience. know how. They right. haven't taught it, and they haven't enforced it. We can tell them during the teaching process how the lumbar spine is set in extension for most people, but not everybody responds to that so you've got to have some tools in your little toolbox to where you can fix a person who has not responded correctly to the teaching method the teaching method is a good place to start but if you're going to be an effective coach you're going to have to have five six ten backup plans in mind to use when your client doesn't respond to the teaching method because that happens so if all we had to do was to was to establish the teaching method we, we you don't need a coach all you need for that is a video we wouldn't have any job we wouldn't we have, wouldn't a job. have a job <laughs> yeah. right all you need is a videotape of that right <laughs> well, what happens when the videotape doesn't apply well you know uh this guy doesn't get it right Right, And that's what is essentially happens when you as the coach abdicate your responsibility to correct the error. You have to learn how to correct the error. Now, we've got education products for that. We've got camps. We've got seminars. We've got all kinds of things. And, in fact, all of you people that are trying to be coaches for this stuff have already been exposed to all this material. You just haven't internalized it. And you haven't incorporated it into your practice. All right? If I've got somebody at 225, they can't keep their back flat, I back them up to 185 and go through the process of troubleshooting the movement pattern, troubleshooting the position off the floor, troubleshooting what happens directly after you start the pull. All those things, we troubleshoot them. And if 185 is still too much weight, we back off to 135. We got 135. Right? We got one. I'd rather see the client pull 135 correctly than 225 wrong, wouldn't I? Because if he can do 135 correctly, the next workout, he can do 145 correctly, then 155, right? 10 pounds of workout, 5 pounds of workout, accumulates into a correct adaptation. But if you, the coach, 
don't want to go through that process. You're either lazy or you're afraid to confront the client with a technique problem, and that happens. Well, you're not doing your job. I'm sorry, you're not doing your job. Now, this applies to all the other lifts, too. Right? There's a correct way to do each one of the lifts. And that's what this boils down to. There, we have analyzed all five of the basic barbell movement patterns. And we know what constitutes the correct expression of that movement pattern for every single client that you will run into, irrespective of, of body composition, of proportion, anthropometry, all these things. We've here's that, And that's what's called the model. The model is the thing that applies to everybody doing the normal human movement pattern. That's what the model is. The model, by its very nature, adapts to all human anthropometry. I don't care if you've got a short torso and long legs or the opposite, a long torso and short legs. Our model of the squat and the deadlift applies to you. You, as the coach, have to understand how that applies. That's part of obtaining the certification, starting strength coach. But you don't have to be a starting strength coach to be able to apply the model to a bunch of people. We'd, we'd rather you were operating through us, but we've, you know, the, the book has sold a million copies. And it's all in there. You know, this is the biggest selling uh, strength conditioning text in, in the history of publication. And all this stuff is in there. And you don't have to be a starting strength coach to correctly coach starting strength. But you have to understand how the model applies to everybody if you'll just make it apply. And that's your job as the coach, is to make your lifter conform to the model as the model applies to their individual anthropometry. Okay? That's, that's how this works as a professional barbell coach. If you're going to call yourself a professional barbell coach, you're going to charge money for coaching the barbell lifts. You have to understand how this method applies to everybody. And sometimes it's harder than other times. Freak natural athletes don't have to hardly be coached at all. They can just be shown a video and they copy it, right? It works better if they know why the way they look when they're executing that movement pattern works efficiently because that reinforces the efficiency, right? But if you've got a, 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 a normal human being who's not a movement genius, you still ought to be able to have that person doing a correct deadlift, if not the first workout, at least by the second or third workout. If you haven't got everybody in your in your client list pulling the bar off the ground with a correct flat low back at some weight by the third workout, you're not doing your job. That's all there is to it. You're not doing your job. You can't attribute that. Well, the client's having problems. All right? You're having the problem, and you're not getting your job done. 
Now, there are three circumstances under which a lifter under your instruction might not need to do a full deadlift off the floor, all right? And the first instance is we've talked about an advanced lifter who needs the overload that's provided by a partial from just below the knees. All right, and we, we've already been through that. All right, second application of, of rack pull instead of deadlift is you've got an intermediate lifter who is getting toward the end of being able to make the weight on the bar go up every other workout for the deadlift. But you want them to continue linear progress on the pull. So what you do in that situation is, is now half of these deadlifts become rack pulls so that the lifter can st still make weekly progress on his pulling off the floor. So Monday, you've got them doing the full deadlift. And Friday, when they got two days of recovery, you've got, you've got them doing rack pulls with a heavier weight. Or you might want to do Monday with the heavy weight and Friday with the full deadlift. However you want to do it, you know, it works either way with varying success. Right? That's, that's instance number two. Or instance number three is you've got an old or injured client who cannot physically, safely pull the bar off the floor. All right? My knee, for example, is not a functional knee anymore. And I can't use the floor pull safely with the amount of weight I need to stay strong. So all I do now is rack pull. But I'm 67, I'm pink, I'm fat. You know, I'm obnoxious. You know, and these are all reasons why I use the, the power rack for rack pulls instead of the floor pull. Now, you might have a arthritic 80-year-old guy that you're trying to train, and his spine's all fucked up, his hips are all fucked up, and he can't get into the correct position to pull the bar off the floor. Now, most of them can be taught to do this, but there are occasions where it doesn't work. Now, that guy might need to rack pull instead of deadlift. But everybody else can be taught to pull the bar off of the floor efficiently and safely. And it's your job to make sure that that takes place because you're in charge of this, not the client. You don't ask the client, well, what would you rather do, do rack pulls? That's, you know, when you ask the client what he wants you to do. You're no longer the coach. You're not the coach anymore. Exactly right. You're not the coach. You decide because you're the professional. And you have to be the professional. You have to decide even when deciding is harder than not deciding. Okay, this is why we pay you. We pay you for your experience and your ability to help us, the clients, solve movement problems. All right, if you can't do that, you're not the coach. Okay. Now, you know, we, I'm specifically talking here to coaches. 
But by the same token, I'm talking to you guys who are coaching yourselves in a garage. Well, you also have client people who have coaches, so you're, you're talking to clients. Yeah, I'm, I'm too, talking to have, clients who have coaches right? that they're paying and and who are being shortchanged by those coaches. Exactly. Your your coach needs to have a look. It, it, again, it's very popular to uh, to to tell people, and this has happened over and over again. To tell people, it, it doesn't matter. You can do whatever you want. Um, you know, it's important that you're well rounded. It's important that you work on your mobility and you work on this <laughs> other shit. Um, that just if that's what you want to do, that's great. But understand that that a lot of times that is a that that is somebody. <laughs> that 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 is somebody who's just in their in the death throes, just trying to hold on to a fucking client. They right. just they just want something. They just uh, want uh, to, let me, let me, let me ask they you want. a very pertinent question. If if your coach tells you, well, it doesn't matter what what you do, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do this, and there's you know there's uh, you know as many ways to pull the bar off the floor as there are grains of sand on the beach, or some <laughs> bullshit like that. Right. Well, why do you need that coach? Well, it's not even that. It's not. Yeah. Why, why it, do you need a coach? It's if that, even that's, worse. That's his position. It's right? like you can you can goblet squat, you can front squat, you can back. You know, it doesn't matter. It's the the good thing is that you're off the couch. It's that. Oh, it's since you're moving. That, okay. It's that kind of bullshit. Uh, and yeah. that's so, when you stop if, writing a check to the that's, coach. If that's who you're paying for, just just understand that. That's all you're getting. Your coach <laughs> should should have a standard that they can explain. Uh, a standard for movement, a standard for progress, uh, a standard for the process that you're actually embarking upon, and they need to be able to explain that process. Yeah. And there's going to be modifications to that process based on your specific situation, but that coach should be able to tell you what the trade-offs are for following the process as written versus this thing that you want to fuck up, right? That's, so that's if the, so absolutely true. That's Nick. the job I, of the coach. All right. How many ways are there to get to the moon? All right, would you argue that going to the moon involves math? It involves physical parameters that must be discovered and must be accounted for, right? Well, you know, doing a correct deadlift is not as complicated a task as going to the moon. But the most efficient way to pull a barbell off the floor is discoverable. Right. And if your coach has not discovered it, then your coach is unqualified. Don't pay unqualified professionals. Yep. You know, this is what's wrong with medical offices. They make you pay before you go into the back. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the check's already been written, man. Check's been written before you before see you the doctor. Yeah. And the doctor, to you go in there with some kind of problem, and the doctor tells you, well, are you lifting weights? And you say, yeah. Oh, don't do that. Don't lift more than 30 pounds. Right. Yep. You know? And you don't have the option now to get up out of the goddamn examining room and leave. Yep. And say, I'm not paying you for this. This yep. is bullshit. Right. But Because you've already paid him. Yeah. Well, it, you know, the personal training client decides every month whether to continue to hire this guy. Yeah. All right? And if you can buffalo the guy into thinking, well, I, you know, I can't just fuck around by myself, you know. Uh, he needs me to help him fuck around, you know. But uh, you know, if you want to pay for that, that's fine. Yeah, and they do. But all you the have time. to understand what you're doing. Yeah. When you write a check to a coach that says well, that doesn't matter, we'll just you know do something else. Yeah. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, let's just do that. Yeah. Let's hear eight sets of twelve. Let's do that. You want to do hypertrophy? You want to do hypertrophy? <laughs> let's just do hypertrophy. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, if you I know. if I have in the like let's let's say there's an online client because doing shit online is tough. You got somebody online who who can't set their back. All right, we're gonna we're gonna get on the lowest pin, get the bar off the floor a little bit. Let's, but but that comes with a discussion about listen, man, we have to do this because I'm not there yelling at you. Right. And get your fucking back set, and we're gonna get the bar to the floor as quickly as possible. And and he should have a question. He should be like, well, why why don't you have to do this with other people? And my response would be, look, you're a spaz. This is the best right. thing I you can do. You have problems other people don't yeah, have. These are the best this is the best I can do with you right now, but here's my plan to get things back right. to optimal as quickly as possible and now, then we execute that plan. Now if I'm standing in the gym with a client and the client's browned off the floor, what I have found to be the case is I can go into the rack and I can set the bar at a high rack pull. I can show the, the client with my hands on his back how to arch the low back into extension. And then I can have him pick the bar up off of the pins in extension and he'll hold it. And we do that for two or three reps. And then I will move the pins down one hole. And we'll start with the position a little bit lower. And he'll pull it up off of the ground, off of the pins, in extension and then i'll go down another three inches another two inches whatever my rack permits and i'll gradually work this down now there will be a point in that trip down to the low position where he cannot set the back like he did in the pin above that there's where we solve the problem that's where we solve the problem. And I, the process can be uh, expedited several different ways. And you as the coach have to know which way to use. And if one way works better than another way, if one way doesn't work at all, you got to try another one. Right? And you've made but yourself a better coach by going that, through that yes, process. That's right. Rather you, than just you staying You may with invent ways hole. to do right. this that we haven't thought about. You, you've, you've described how I've had to handle some some problem kids yeah. that just refuse to. Oh, God. Kids would, are the worst about being able to control their low and, backs. And, a, and a, lot of it, a lot of it, what I've figured out with the kids is it's uncomfortable down there. Yeah. And they don't want to get uncomfortable. Right. So you gradually get them more uncomfortable. Uh, I'll put it on pin three, have them set it, hold it. I move it. They set it on pin two, get set again, stand up, hold it. Right. Go pin through one. the process, and here's here's the part that's uncomfortable. And this is this underlies the whole damn thing. Okay? When you are in a correct position off of the floor with a pull, your hamstrings are tight, and your low back is tight in extension, but what you feel is not the low back, you feel the hamstrings. If your hamstrings are not tight and uncomfortable as you come off the floor, it's the wrong position. Hmm. So this process that Rusty's talking about and that I'm talking about of going down into the bottom of the pool until you feel that uncomfortable, tight hamstring, that's the process we're going through. And you've got to learn to keep your hamstrings tight against an extended low back all the way from where that that sensation starts on the way down to the floor. That's the pro- and there's ways to do this. And and the thing that you we know? described happens in one set, two sets. 
It doesn't happen. It doesn't over happen one by month. substituting something else for the floor yeah, pool. Exactly. This takes one day yeah. in person. Now online, it may take three days, but if it takes more than three days, then it's not working. Okay, and something else has to be tried. Mm-hmm. This is why in-person coaching is infinitely preferable to online coaching, even though online coaching may, in a lot of circumstances, be the only option you've got. Okay, We're not saying don't do online coaching. What we're saying is that it has its limitations. Okay, And everybody but knows that. Everybody, everybody knows understands that. that. Everybody understands the that client if, you, and the coach. if you've got a one – if you've got a client that can only be with you one day a month, that's far, far better than the client spending thousands of dollars a year to drive to you in addition to what you're charging him because of, of, of the distance involved. But if you can see the client one day a week, one day a month, I mean, you can make a bunch of corrections. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Easily make, easily make corrections if you know what you're doing. I could get somebody who's pulling incorrectly off the floor to pull correctly off the floor in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can too if you learn how, because I'll teach you what I know. But this is, this is, this idea that you substitute an easy exercise for the, the the real exercise that you ought to be able to coach, this is just laziness. This is abdication of your responsibility as a coaching professional. If you've been willing to accept incorrect movement patterns from your clients, you're not a professional coach. You're not a professional coach. Since we're kind of on and this those sub- of you who have hired unprofessional coaches need to know this. Since, since we're kind of on the subject, um, you guys can disagree with me. I think you'll both agree. I with disagree. Need your agreement. It's always safe. If your <laughs> online coach only trains people online and does not train them in person, they're not a coach. They're not Get a rid coach. Of them. They're a they're a they're a not even a pin setter. No. They're not even a pin setter. If the only clients your coach has are online, <laughs> your coach isn't capable of solving these problems. No. He's not even aware of the fact that there are problems. Because what they're going to do is say, ah, we'll just rack pull. Yeah, just rack pull. We'll just Doesn't rack pull. Matter. Hey, um, Doesn't make any difference. Um, I'm going to uh, do a reoccurring payment every um, three weeks. Just so oh, and you know. by the way, I'm going up $25 yeah. next month. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have no, very that's, that's the goddamn man. That's the that's the deal here. I have this very is, little respect for it. This industry is full of guys like that. It's if your coach, your online coach, has two hundred clients, <laughs> he's not a coach. He hands you a template. He doesn't even tell you what weight to use today, does he? He gives you something about RPE and lets you decide one of the critical things about today's workout instead of him deciding it, which is what ostensibly you're paying him to do. I'll tell you what, though. That's a hell of a business model. It is a hell of a business model, and that's the basis of RPE. That's what RPE is for. RPE is a business model. It's so a guy with 200 clients doesn't have to decide about the load on the bar for any of those people. He lets the guy decide himself because it's easier for him. You know, you got 200, you got 200 clients. 
fifty dollars a month, Ooh. and they're making two hundred dollars a month. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not fifty dollars a month. Yeah. Oh, it's not fifty dollars a month. No, That's no, 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 no. nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> right. You know. Plus, you're doing science too. Man, you do RPE science. You might even I be just, a doctor. I just discovered I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah, you need to be in the doctor he's business. Gonna, he's gonna, Russ is going to change his tune on the online only shit. I'm only doing online training now, 200 bucks a month. Send out a template. It's, it's just yeah, go up to RPE yeah. 9.375. I won't take anybody over RPE 8. I want them to be comfortable. Yeah, it's probably a good good policy. <laughs> I want to retain them as a you client. You got the higher client satisfaction if you're doing it like that. <laughs> Right. You know, as a general rule of thumb, I think that if you don't run off one of your clients every two or three months for not doing what you told them to do. That's no shit, man. I don't understand why, why half of my clients are still with me. If you don't run off one or one a client every two or three months, the ones you you're want not, stick you're around. You're not doing your job. The one, the, yeah, the clients you want to have stick around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's like I tell them, I'm like, I, all I tell you to do is harder and harder shit every week. Um, yeah, I, don't, if, I don't understand you, why you're still here. You, and they, you can't do that, <laughs> then, you know, you know, or you won't do that. If you can't do that, you need to fire me. And if sure. you won't do that, I'm going to fire you. Yeah. That's what uh, Phil Ringman said. He's, he told me, he goes, it sucks, man. Whenever whenever we do great in here and I'm PR and my reward is, all right, now you got to do something harder next time. Yeah, he wrote an article for <laughs> us about that. Yep, great set. Now five. Now go up five, five pounds. Five pounds, yep. Right. Right, excellent, excellent. But uh, God Almighty, you know this is this is hard to tell people. But it's easy to discuss with Rusty and Nick in the room, and I don't have to look at a bunch of other people going. Give <laughs> <laughs> me too. He's fat. He's telling me things I don't want to hear, and he's and he's fat. You know, look how pink he is. <laughs> God Almighty. So anyway, <laughs> anything else we need to add to that? No, that was great. Wonderful, uncomfortable conversation. I was comfortable. Oh, I was super comfortable. I was comfortable. I got a pee too. A I don't. Bit. I don't mind being badly thought of, though. So, you know, I just have to pee a little bit. That's the only reason why I'm uncomfortable. I need to pee. Yeah, that's a good excuse. Me and you need to pee. So let's wrap this up. Sounds good. Okay. Anybody have any questions about this? You guys feel free to post them on uh on the discussion when i post this uh video this starting strength radio video on i go that goes up friday on my q a you will discuss it there you know that's an excellent place for you to discuss all of this stuff i'll answer all your questions you think i'm wrong tell me why and then i'll tell you why you're wrong so there's free interaction with mark ribito isn't it crazy Free interaction with Mark. Ripito it's a horrible on, business model on the on the forum <laughs> Q and A. It is a terrible business model. You start and you start charging by the word. Yeah. for posts. Yeah. Eh, probably won't do that, but should <laughs> should should people would pay it by the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dollar a word. How many que- how many questions a day do you think you answer on there? Mm, 15 20. 15 20 just charge 10 bucks a 10 bucks a question could do that that's probably not bad. That, i mean we have a four, they would we probably have a, drop down to one or two a day if i <laughs> was to 
do that. We have a forum for paid members, a private forum for oh, paid yeah. members on the network. That's right, we do. Now that is true, and I go through those and answer all of those. I'll even, even ask. I'll stupid. even. I'll even answer programming questions there. Yep, and uh, you know that's the Star Trek Network forum. Join Star Trek Network, seventy five dollars a year, cheap. Right, you can join it monthly for nine ninety nine. Yep. Uh, but that lets you watch the video of all of the Starting Strength Radio podcasts. Helps you. The audio is already free. Yeah. The audio is already free. Everybody that's watching it, that, that just listens to it, nobody pays a dime. But if you want to watch it, you can watch us interact with each other for seventy five dollars a month. Now, just think how cheap it is to get to watch me on camera talk to Nick and Rusty God, on camera. So great. Yeah. And every that's five, worth seventy five dollars. Every five subscribers, we can afford to buy you a new T shirt to wear on the podcast. Yeah. Hung die. Fucking woo. Hung <laughs> die. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for being with us again on Starting Strength Radio. We will see you next time. That was fun. Oh, commercial. Commercial. Let's do a commercial real quick. All right. <clears throat> commercial. I'm glad. I'm glad you remembered. Good. Don't even have to take anything down or no. start everything back up. <clears throat> This week on Starting Strength Radio, we're going to have an uncomfortable conversation with some of our coaches. We're going to talk about specifically the use of the rack pull when the floor pull, the full deadlift, ought to be coached. And we're going to apply that analysis to all the other lifts, too, and to the relationship between coaches and clients, between coaches and athletes, who always must keep technical execution in mind instead of the comfort level of the people they're coaching all right it, it gets pretty ugly you'll want to join us on the next episode of starting strength radio